With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi everyone, this is Adelana Moonfire and we're here for another episode of Adelana's Run. Today we have a newbie witch with us that's going to talk a little bit on um, how she became a witch and uh, what process brought her to that point and um, her name is Danae, she's from Georgia. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Danae? Hello, my name is Danae. I'm from the Georgia area. I'm in my 30s and I am a baby witch. Um, I decided to join a circle or a coven, if you will, because I wanted to have some guidance. I've always had a natural ability or gift, but I wasn't able to understand it clearly until I joined uh, a circle and had a mentor to guide me in a, in this craft. Because while it's not black or white, it's gray, and there isn't a right way or a wrong way to do stuff, there is guidelines that should be followed or an understanding, hey, if you don't follow these guidelines, bad stuff can happen. Good stuff can happen. Stuff could happen. And so that's why I chose to join a circle. However, you don't have to. You could be a newbie witch and go solo. Just wasn't for me. So did you um, study, you know, on your own? And how long did you do that? How long did you study if you did? I didn't really study. I mean, I would pick up magic books per se from, you know, Barnes and Nobles and Books a Million. And of course, there's good and there's bad. So I wasn't I wasn't getting the guidance or the understanding of the craft um, on my own, which is why I chose to join a circle. Um, but I've been somewhat practicing or understanding my whole life. What made you um, what made you go down this path? I mean, what what religion or what did you practice prior? Were you brought um, up in Christianity or anything like that? Not necessarily. I, I chose in my early teens, late twenties to be a Catholic. My mother and my sister later in life chose to be Mormon. Um, so when I moved back to the Georgia, they tried to, of course, um, introduce me to Mormon, to Mormon. And, um, it just wasn't for me. Um, and I like 
being a Catholic. Don't get me wrong. I'd still go to any mass today, but it still didn't answer the questions about why am I having dreams that come true? Why am I, why do I have the knowledge of family members who have passed before you get the phone call that they've passed? So I knew that standard Christianity wasn't necessarily the path I needed to be on and that I needed to find my own church or my own uh, group of people who believed as I believed. So I was a Catholic. God knows I love it, but um, I, I just didn't fit in there. So speaking of, okay, being Catholic, being Christian, you believe in one God. Um, now, how has your perspective changed? Do you believe in one God? Do you believe in God and goddess? Do you believe in just the goddess? What, what, if you don't mind, share your uh, belief system with us a little bit. No, and what's funny is even as a Catholic, even as a Catholic, I didn't necessarily believe there was just one God. I've always kind of thought very much like the Greeks or Romans or Norse that there can't be one person responsible for everything that's a lot of work he's got to be delegating it to something you know what I'm saying so even so as a Catholic I kind of like was like well maybe God is like Zeus and he delegates stuff to other people that's how I kind of justified it um and now that I'm part of a circle or and I'm in the craft I now have a more open understanding that I've always believed that there is one being that kind of has the knowledge of everything and they've doled it out to other higher beings and then to us and that's how it goes down kind of like a big tree like there's one person at the top and then you come down and you have the roots and you have the fruits and you have this and that and we're kind of like the roots we don't really want we don't really know what's going on up top some of us have a clue. Some of us are above the ground. We know what's going on. Um, and then the rest of the pantheons or deities, uh, they know what's going on. And then up at top, there's somebody or multiple somebodies or A being the God, the horn God, the mother earth that knows everything already. They know everything that has been, will be. And the deities, they know as well, but they can't come out and say, hey, tomorrow you're gonna have a car, you, you know, you're gonna have a car accident. They can be like, hey, tomorrow's gonna be a bad day for you. Uh, because you have to have, you have to have the good of bad in life. So I believe our deities very much know what's gonna happen to us and that they work hard on giving us signs. But a lot of people would have a lot of people would assume if I was going back into my Christianity it would almost be like deities or angels but that's not how I believe anymore I believe that deities are far more powerful beings than angels but if we're going with the Christianity kind of way of understanding it God's at the top angels at the bottom and then humans are just fluttering about gotcha that makes sense and so basically um have you I know you said your belief systems kind of changed but as far as um, being Catholic and stuff like that. You said you were younger. How old were you? Um, was after my son. So I probably joined the Catholic Church around 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. 
Okay, so um, 20, 21 years old, you joined the Catholic Church, and how old are you now? 36. 36, and you've been a witch for a couple of years now, right? Yes, I would say I've been out, I, I like you say, out of the broom closet for a couple of years, but I, I've always felt that I had the craft naturally. Right. But it's, it's handed down to me by my grandmother, I believe. Um, I can't confirm that because she's no longer with us. I can, just it would take a long journey uh, to get there. And maybe I'll get the answer one day. But um, yeah, so I've always believed it. I just didn't know how to hone it in. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so you said you didn't really study a whole lot of books or anything. You just kind of dove right into it then, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> head first, yeah. head first to see if that's what, where you wanted to be. Um, right. Well, you know, a lot of people will go solitaire for, uh, for years before they join a coven, um, you know, because they just, uh, they want that flexibility of being able to jump from here to there, you know, and usually with a coven, you, um, you have one pantheon with each coven, you know, there's one way of belief system, that kind of thing. So tell me about your coven a little bit, as far as that's concerned, what path are they on? Um, you know, if, if any at all, uh, just describe your coven a little bit. Yeah, no problem. So thankfully my coven is a little more open to different deities. So everybody brings something to the table, um, I'm very much right now, right now, um, Celtic Norris deities. So my, my main deity or the deity I've had the longest is the Morgan. She is strictly, a, uh, an Irish deity. She deals with death. She's a shapeshifter. She's a very powerful, no nonsense deity. She's about the big picture. She doesn't pick people to be part of her pantheon that aren't serving the world and her in some way and as I mentioned before I have the inherent ability to know when someone has passed away it happened to me when my mother passed away it happened to me when my brother passed away it happened to me when my uncle passed away so I knew before I got the phone call before I came home before any information was given to me that they were gone I just knew um so with that being said the reason that I and the Morgan are I'm in her pantheon is because I have that ability to see or to know about death and that's something that is very very her because she deals with death she's also a deity of war so death is a big part of that um some of the other deities I'm working with right now are Norse, Thor, uh, Freya, and stuff like that. Um, another deity that's come to me, which completely and utterly surprised me because it's not the path that I'm going down, is a hoodoo, a hoodoo uh, deity. And that, I, like, I have known for a long time about hoodoo and voodoo and, and that kind of stuff. And I've given it the utmost respect because to me not necessarily scary but it's definitely one of the practices in the craft if you don't know what you're doing 
it can go badly quickly. So for me to have a hoodoo or a voodoo deity is very surprising because it's not, it's not who I am, but my, my coven is open to it. They're down. They are very much like, yeah, sure. We'll talk about Norse gods. We'll talk about the war again. We'll talk about hoodoo voodoo. We'll talk about whatever. And that's what I like. And there's also a lot of mentoring going on in my coven. Uh, today, I try to do an egg cleansing for the first time and use cold water and a cold egg. I talked to one of the coven members and they were like, yeah, no, it's not going to work. Like that. You have to let it warm up. So it's good. I, that's why I needed it as a baby witch. I needed to be able to talk to somebody and say, okay, I know the basics of egg cleansing. I know how to position it on my body. I, I don't know how to read it quite yet, um, but I do know how. So did I do it right? And they're like, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> and I need it because I knew enough about egg cleansing to do it, but I wasn't going to get a correct reading that's where um people that read books which is good i don't down that you know i think that you should do as much research as possible uh, i think that you know you should dive into any book that you can possibly get your hands on but i also stress the fact to new witches that when you're reading a book you're reading somebody's opinion it's not necessarily fact um you know you have to keep that in mind and there's a ton of good books out there i'm sure that you know that you've read some that are just incredible but you've got to remember they were written by a human being it's kind of like the bible to me you know the bible is a good history book and yeah, yeah so it somebody's opinion though so or i guess it's a collective of people's opinions um so whenever you're you know diving into books as a new witch you have to be careful and you have to remember that everything that you read that's somebody's opinion that's not necessarily factual and that's where you've got to be careful like i said because when you get into hoodoo or something like that you mentioned that it could go wrong you know very quickly you're right it can that's where having a mentor is a good um you know a good place to be in your in your craft um you know, not everybody has that opportunity, though, you know, and so uh, what would you suggest to someone that, that didn't have that opportunity? Like, what would you be doing if you didn't have a coven? What would you be doing to get your your resources and your information? OK, so I'll kind of answer this in two parts because I'm dyslexic, severely dyslexic and most likely have ADHD reading a book takes me forever to read and comprehend so i'm the type of person i have to physically do stuff in order to comprehend it and learn it so that's why i chose to be in a coven because i needed i needed that guidance to help me because if i was just solely out there reading i probably would not be where i am today however if you want to be a solitary witch, yes, there is plenty of books, plenty of, of good, you know, there's, there's TikTok, which is very popular. There's also witch talk, which is in TikTok. You just have to find it. And there's, I've, I've seen really good advice being given out on TikTok. I've seen terrible advice being given out on TikTok. There obviously is plenty of good books. There's obviously plenty of good places, but 
this kind of brings me back to when I was in my late twenties, I tried to find a coven and I went to a website that was supposed to be a chat room for witches. And it literally was a chat room of, Hey, you want to have cyber sex. And so if you want to be a solitary witch, it's not, it's not an easy path. If you're just starting out, if you're a baby witch, it's not going to be an easy path unless you're an avid reader, unless research is your thing. It just isn't mine. I was never good at book reports in school. I never was good at research. So for me, I needed that hands-on and I needed for somebody to kind of go, you did it wrong, uh, honey bunny. Oh, okay, cool. What did I do wrong? I kind of needed that. But Solitary Witch is perfectly fine. And for years late, maybe years down the line, many, many, many years down the line, I might choose that path once I am wise. But yeah, if you want to be a Solitary Witch and you're a baby witch and you're new to this, yeah, there's plenty of places you can find good research. Resources, you just, resources and, and stuff like that. You're just going to have to understand that it's going to be hard work. It's, it, it's, it may pop out at you because your deities are like, yes, you're finally accepting us. And they may help you on your path, but you may also struggle. Yeah, I've and, noticed a lot of people struggling. Um, you mentioned TikTok. Okay, so I have to tell you, I'm not a big fan of TikTok because every time I get on there, it's just a bunch of weird videos, but you mentioned that there's <laughs> something on there and, and you have actually sent uh, me a couple of videos that were really good. And it was about witchy stuff. Um, I guess that's what you're talking about, the witch talk. Um, yeah. But I have no clue because I'm, I'm much older than you. So I don't, I don't, you know, I didn't know that that was a source that you could possibly go to as far as uh, getting information, because I, I just have no idea. I'm old fashioned. I'm lucky to know YouTube. And, um, and then you've got that problem where there's YouTube witches. You've got to be careful. See, that's another thing. You've got to be careful where you're getting your resources because you have what I call YouTube witches, which are, you know, that's a fad right now to be a witch and everybody's out there trying to be a witch. They don't live the life. They don't, you know, they're, oh, I'm a witch and I'm going to do these spells and it's going to be like, uh, what was it? The coven on America Horror Story and Oh yeah, practical magic. And yeah. what was that? The craft. Remember the craft? I don't know right. if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that, but yeah. And that's what I'm gonna do. And so, you know, a lot of um a lot of young witches out there are in it for the wrong reason. And I have um I'm personally a high priestess of a covenant, and I have experienced those kind of, of witches coming into my coven or trying to come into my coven. And they're impossible to instruct and they just have um, outrageous uh, ideas as far as what the craft is and they're not willing to live the lifestyle. And that's what I think is important to reiterate to new witches is that, you know, when you go, it's just not a bunch of spells. It's, right. you know, it's not, it's, you have to live the lifestyle, you know, and, um, you know, every single day you're living the lifestyle like give some examples of some of the things that you do like on a daily basis you know um or even on a weekly basis of what you would uh, what you do is your experience okay yeah that's no problem so i recently moved my the one altar i had from one room into another room and now i have three altars well actually i have five altars but i have three four six altars kind of yes so 
but uh what i do i have now i now i made space in my home for my altars i made space in my home for my deities so it's it's important that you once you have accepted this and this is what you want to do it's important that you try to listen to the ancestors the deities um and try to and try to your best to provide whatever it is but daily now now that my altars are moved and they're closer to where i am in the house 90 percent of the time i can light candles i can light incense i can simply come into here and move something around on an altar or the other day i anointed all of my candles for my deities they all wanted different things i came in and i was gonna light up and they're like yeah no we want some stuff in our candles okay so they all wanted different things and then i made myself some fruit on sunday and they were like yeah we want some of that fruit and we'd also like something liquid so i have bottles set out on my altars for certain deities and they wanted their shots and they wanted their fruit and they, so for me it's not necessarily like every day i'm coming in here and i'm meditating and i'm and i'm talking to the deities but i come in here once a day i light the candles for a little while when i'm making breakfast or doing dinner and i make offerings and i have a tree outside where i make a lot of my offerings so it's just kind of that it, it, I'm taking baby steps in doing a lot of the everyday things or something that maybe an older witch would do. Incorporating the daily stuff into your into your right. uh, life, incorporating witchcraft right. into your life. Yeah, that's that's what a main um, a main issue that I have personally with a lot of uh, newbie witches. I have to be really careful with with who I instruct because they're not willing to do that. They're not willing to do the work, you know, to read the books, to um, do the, you know, not just, they just want to do spells, you know, they want to do love spells, they want to do money spells, and they want to hex people. And that, that just kills me, you know. Um, you know, I look for people that are wanting to actually do the work, wanting, you know, there's, there's certain books out there. And even with, with my group, um, you know, some of the books that I require to be read, they're just opinions of people. They're not, they're, like I said, they're not set in stone. Um, I try to be eclectic whenever it comes to, and basic whenever it comes to the witchcraft that I teach. That way each student can, and each witch can choose their own path. Um, I think that's really important that they choose their own path and you don't choose it for them. And I know with you, you've mentioned to me before that, and you've mentioned here that you have a few deities that you work with, and it was just stuff that kind of came to you. You talked about altars. I know with me, I have multiple altars. I have altars to deities, but I also have a working altar. I have a family altar. I have an ancestral altar, um, you know, that I work with almost on a daily basis. Um, I try to at least, you know, like you said, walk by there, light a candle, maybe talk to them, um, depending on, on the situation, you know, do they want offerings, that kind of thing. The altars that you have in your, like, if starting out, starting out as a young witch, okay, because you've been a witch now for how long? Um, almost two years, I'm going to say. Okay, so you're, you're not a baby, baby witch, but you're still young in the craft. But yes. when you first started out, um, what did you do as far as an altar was concerned? Like, you know, if somebody that doesn't have, let's talk about witchcraft on a budget here. Um, 
you know, when you first start off, I know you want all the good stuff. You want the tools, you want the, you know, you want a wand, you want to ask me, you want all that kind of stuff. Tell me about okay. some of the mistakes that you made with that and uh, some of the things that you did that were right. Okay. Well, so a lot of people want to run to Etsy. Um, don't get me wrong. I got a couple of good things from Etsy. Um, I have two little cauldrons because I don't have a big one. Um, I have one iron one and I have a little white one that's ceramic. Um, and I paid less than I think $30 for the both of them. So I think if you're going to Etsy and you're a new witch and you don't necessarily have a deity and you, you want this, you want that, understand all of that will come to you later if somewhere form or fashion it'll come to you later so don't run out and buy four hundred dollars worth of brand new stuff off of etsy also amazon i have found a lot of good stuff on amazon for under 20 30 bucks dollar store candles uh jars containers all for a dollar you don't have to be like it doesn't have to be a spell jar and what's crazy is dollar store in, or in their craft section sells like an eight pack of little spell jars. So if you insist on being one of those, which is that has everything in a spell jar with a label and it's very pretty and it's aesthetic, then you can do it on a budget. I went to Goodwill. I found a copper pot, a copper bowl and a wooden bowl for $2 and 12 cents. That's what I paid for both of them. So it's very easy. You can go to craft stores. Um, for me, I have learned that when it comes to buying stuff for my altars, I have to set a limit. If I set a limit, then I'm good. So for new witches, don't run out and buy, it, buy everything and anything you think you need. Like if someone gives you a list of stuff and they're like, you need all of this now. No, you don't. Get what you get. Get some of the little starter packs off of Amazon or Etsy that comes with a few herbs and a few candles and this. Get a few of those. Get a couple of them. Talk if you're going the solar witch route, then yes, you will have to get all of those items eventually. But if you don't have the budget, don't beat yourself over with a stick. Just have it set for a goal. If if it's meant to be, it'll be. If it's not, then something else just as wonderful will come to you. So for me, I don't have an athame. Um, I have stuff I can use for an athame, but I don't have one. I'm not in a rush to go get one either because when it's time for me to get one, it'll come to me. And that's what I've learned. You can, you can be a baller witch on a budget, but you also have to understand that things will come to you when they need to. When you need something, it'll come to you. And I think that's a lot of mistake that a lot of new witches will make. They will automatically run out and buy everything and have thousands and thousands of dollars of stuff. It may not like something and may never use it. I agree with that completely. I think that um, they're, they're too busy or too, uh, not busy, too adamant to go out and buy the the fun stuff you know the wand the athme the bowling the chalice and i mean you can use stuff around the house like you know for the, a chalice you can use a, just a cup or if you want it to be pretty a wine glass or something like that you get from yeah. the wheel store i mean you can you can so easily be a new witch on a budget you can be an old witch on the budget i mean i still um you know find find deals and stuff like that and i've been practicing since i was 14 um you people gift you things it, it, and you're right whenever you need something it comes to you you don't have to go out there and spend a bunch of money um you know 
another example is people, oh, I don't have a wand, you know, you a wand is just an extension of you, you know, it's an extension right. of your, of your finger. You can just use your finger. Um, one of my coven members, she doesn't have any, any tools at all. She uses nothing. She uses her hands and that's it. Um, she, if she uses a tool, it's because she borrowed one from me, but she doesn't, she prefers not to, and that's fine too. Um, you know, that's just that she's just natural. That's just the way it is with her. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. So being a new witch, we have to, you know, make sure that people know and reiterate that fact that you do not have to go out and buy all these tools. You do not need them. Um, I don't care what book tells you that you have to. If, if somebody tells you that you, if you're in a coven or you're being mentored by somebody and they say, well, you have to have this and you have to have that, you don't have to have those things. Now, will you want them? Probably. Will you need them later? Maybe. Um, if that helps you concentrate and focus your, um, focus your energy, like that's what a wand does. It just focuses your energy and, you know, it focuses your energy. You know, if that's what you need, then obviously you'll eventually get that. But in the beginning, I just don't see the point in buying all that stuff. I think what you need mostly is experience and education. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes, I definitely would. Now, if if you are a new witch and you want to go out and you want to get this kind of you want to have all of the herbs and all of this and that um i've wanted a wand since i've started in my coven and i it just hasn't come to me it just has not come to me and i want one and i want one but it has not come to me and i have not tried to purchase one try to make one i'm just letting it come to me but herb stores or um vitamin shops that have dried herbs are a good place i got four bags of herbs for ten dollars and you, the lady was like okay you want one ounce of everything i was like yeah you don't realize how much one ounce of dried herbs really is right because you know you're thinking liquids and stuff like that but herbs are so it's so easy so if you're if you're witching on a budget your best your best places will be the dollar store, Goodwill, and herbal shops, and Amazon. Um, but you also need the education on how to use those tools. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There's a lot of, er there's a good bit of herbs I have in my in my apothecary right now i couldn't tell you off the top of my head what all of them are for so i you know I, you need that learning because what if you use the wrong herb and your spell is unsuccessful or what you're trying to achieve is unsuccessful or too successful 
Yeah, and you also have to remember too that there's um, you know, there's food grade herbs, and then there's not food grade yeah. herbs, and a lot of people don't realize that as well. Um, you don't want to ingest something that's not been harvested properly. So it's important to always ask that question if you're purchasing herbs. Something that I I did um, when I first started my my large apothecary when I very first started it is I invested in um, there's there's groups online on eBay is where I got mine now. Now we have Etsy. We have but this is a long time ago. It was just eBay. Um, they sell like packets where you have not even an ounce it's just a little bit of herb in uh those little teeny tiny bags but you get like 20 different ones and you pay maybe ten dollars for it but you know you get a mass quantity because like you said you only need a little bit when you're doing a spell you don't need a whole bunch um that's a good way to to make your apothecary grow to get yes. the little packets you know um other things you know like wands if you want if you want a wand and you just can't you can't you can make one you know if you're walking in the woods something will come you never pull something off a tree um you know if it's if it's on the ground and it's calling to you then you ask you know uh permission from that tree can you take this and almost always you're going to get a yes and you can use that as a wand until maybe you find something else, or that might be what you want to use. That's what I used for a really long time was a um, was a branch that I found, you know, a real tiny branch that I found on the ground. That's what I used for years, and I was just attached to it. I decorated it. I put a crystal with it, you know, put little. I ended up gift, gifting it to someone finally, but that's what I did. So yeah, when you're a new witch, you don't need to spend a lot of money on things. You can just you can just kind of make do with what you have. Um, what, else, what other advice would you give to a new witch? Like somebody that uh, is somebody that's brand new. Like when you very first said, okay, today, I think I know, I know what I, I know what I am now. I know that I'm a witch. I know that I need to educate myself. Um, what did, what exactly was your process? I mean, did you say, okay, I'm going to join a coven or did you start studying on your own at first? And like, how, what did you do? So when I decided, um, it was probably after, I want to say it was after my father-in-law passed away and, um, it just, I was, I was tired of only getting half of the information I needed. So I really was looking for a mentor. Um, I went to a bunch of websites. I finally found some a number for somebody or an email email back and forth made a made a couple of phone calls and once me and this person talked was like we were friends for years um and she just happened to have a coven and she's like do you want to come to in bulk and I was like yeah and I went and I had no intention on joining or I did I wasn't really sure and then when I got there it just felt so peaceful and so like hey this is the path you need to go down so if you are a brand new witch and this is something you want to do, if you want to find a mentor, be prepared to sift through a lot of non-starters. Um, if you want to be a solitary witch, be prepared to do a lot of reading and a lot of research and a lot of looking for legitimate sources. Uh, but mostly I would say be prepared for your family and friends to mock you. Um, if you don't have people in your life who are already part of the craft or 
who um, understand the craft. Because for me, I'm the only one in my family who practices. And I told one family member, and they literally laughed so laughed hysterically on the phone. I hung up. So for me, being a new witch and not having the family support was slightly difficult. But if you are a new witch with family support, then use them as as if you have people in your life who are part of the craft, use them as a resource. Um, so to be a new witch, it's it's scary but fun. It's definitely fun because you are embarking on something that is solely it's very hard to explain it's 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 a personal path yeah well the best way I can explain it is I just had an awakening so I have always had the gift of sight if you will um as I've said but I had an awakening and now I'm seeing everything so Mm -hmm. It was, it was a little, it was a little jarring. I won't say scary because it wasn't scary because I didn't feel threatened or in danger, but it's a little jarring to realize just how much is actually around you at all times. There's a, a little skit or a little cartoon that I like, and it's like, you have a hundred ghost butts on you at all times and don't know it. <laughs> and kind of, kind of like that. You don't realize who's around you until you have your awakening. So if you're a new witch, or you're a baby witch, and this is something you're excited about, you're excited about speaking to your ancestors, you're excited, it's, I'll I'll go ahead and tell you now, I've never levitated anything with my mind, this is not practical magic, I've never changed my hair color magically, (laughs) the the closest I can get to performing something hands-free is I have a light bulb that's connected to my Alexa, it's called magic, if I say, hey Alexa, turn on magic, it turns on the light, that's the closest I'm getting to any of those movies. (laughs) So if you're for that, if you're looking to levitate, change your hair color, eye color, be skinny, be fat, be whatever, that's not what the craft is about. Please find something else. Find something if, else. <laughs> yeah. If you want to experience and, and and a group of people and a group of people that even if they don't know you personally, if they see you on the street and you kind of have a sense, they'll give you a little head. Nod. It's kind of like being in a motorcycle club. It's kind of like it's the same sense you're you're in it you're in it if you're not you're not but if yeah. you're a baby you will be taken care of and your path will be shown to you yeah it is like being in a silent club because um like I noticed whenever I have just recently moved and the town that I moved to is very small it, it's um it's very very small and since I've been here I have run into four pagans and it was just by chance and we just knew like we just looked at each other and kind of knew and did like what you said did the head nod and you know we saw the there's the jewelry that we had on or just there was one person that was uh changing my oil she she wasn't changing my oil but her company was changing my oil she was the one that was helping me out and I looked at her and she looked at me and we both just started laughing and we both knew that we were, you know, that we were both witches. And then we just started talking about things, just start talking about shit like, you know, oh, well, is there, and I asked her, is there, you know, is there a group around here for like drumming or anything like that? And she said, no. And unfortunately, um, they've started groups and got shut down pretty quickly, you know, but there's a couple of pagans, uh, that I have met a couple of witches and you just know that that's what they, you just know, there's just something about it. You just know that the, that's your person. Th- those are your people. 
Um, and yeah, I was going to ask you about that if your family was supportive, because I know that that can be very difficult. How did you work through that? You know, when your family's not supportive of you being a, a witch, what are what's some of the advice you can give to uh, to newbies to help them work through that? Well, I have a very strong resolve. So once I've set my mind to something, I'm also a Taurus and in the Chinese new year, I'm also a Taurus. So I'm so stubborn. It's ridiculous. Um, but, uh, like I said, one family member laughed at me hysterically. Uh, my husband who is, was, is Catholic, was Catholic, is Catholic. Um, he, he kind of, there's one God, you know, anytime I show him something on my altars or whatever, he's like, there's just one God, but he's also kind of getting into it differently. Like if I'm doing something in the bedroom or I was doing something in my altar room, he goes, are you doing your witchy stuff? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll talk to you later. So he's starting to come around because he's realizing that I'm enjoying myself and this is something I'm getting pleasure from. And so that makes him happy. But, you know, he still makes comments like, what are you going to do when you, when you go to the gates of heaven and St. Peter tells you can't get in because you're a witch? I'm like, well, guess me and the devil have a great time. <laughs> you know? So it's just kind of stuff like that. Um, my son, uh, he calls it my witchy bitchy stuff. He, are you fixing to do your witchy bitchy stuff? Yeah, I'm fixing to do witchy bitchy stuff. Or he'll ask me questions like, what is that for? What's this? So it's, if I didn't have such a strong res, if I didn't have such a strong will, would I have probably given up? Yes. So if you are the type of person whose other people's opinions are going to bother you, then toughen up buttercup because it's going to happen. There's going to be somebody in your life that's going to be like, really? Um, but if you're, if you have a strong will, then you can just let it go because eventually they'll come around. Eventually going but eventually they'll come around because they'll realize that you're not levitating in the middle of the living room so they're like oh okay you're just lighting candles and like meditating or chanting or you know and there's more to it than that but to an outsider that's all you're doing and that seems that doesn't seem scary so I think a lot of it is scary what what do you know are they going to come home and you're sacrificing a goat no like it's not like that so I think I think it's a lot of unknown. So if you have family members who are not part of the craft, buckle up buttercup because it's, it can be a bumpy ride. Not saying it will be, but it can be. But yeah. if you have the craft, then you should be set because it's going to be a very different experience for you. Yeah, use them for support. And um, in my experience, it was, um, well, she's just going through a stage. When I was 14, I was just going through a stage. Uh, then when I was 18, oh, she's still going through that stage. In my 20s, she's still going through that stage. Now, at that point, I had been going through the stage for over 10 years. And finally, in my 30s, um, people started realizing, maybe it's not a stage. Maybe she's serious. You know, and, but at first it was, oh, she's going through the stage. She's going. So I think that newbies need to be prepared for that. Need to be prepared for, um, oh, they're just going through a stage. Need to be prepared for, like yeah. you said, oh, they're going to sacrifice a goat in the middle of the living room. 
um, you know, or they're going to make fun of you or, you know, you have to toughen up. As you said, you got to toughen up. If this is something that you believe in, if you're, you know, if this is your right path, you've got to toughen up. That's, that's advice number one. Um, I would say, yeah, advice number two is you don't have to go out and buy a bunch of, of things, you know, things will come to you. You don't need all those tools to get started. What you do need is a good education. And there's only a couple ways you can get that. You can, um, you know, do a lot of reading. But like I said, I have to reiterate this. When you're reading a book, it is someone's opinion. It's someone's opinion. That's it. But the key is to read many books from many authors, not just one author, but from many authors where you get all these different perspectives and you can pull out of it what, what it is that you believe and what it is that you want and, um, you know, apply that to your craft. Um, if you have a mentor, great. If you can't find somebody and don't just jump into uh, a coven, you know, you have to feel comfortable there. It has to be something you're looking for. Um, you, as you said, you have to feel like a kind of a family. That's really important. Um, trying to think of what else, what other advice would you give to somebody that's a new witch coming into it? Well, I mean, let's go back to the books. So you said something, and I've said this for years, even when I was in the Catholic church, that the Bible is just a book written by man. It's interpreted. So the same thing with your witchcraft. I got a Chris Panzan book and I was reading it and he says, blow out your candles, blow out your intentions. And, you know, you're going to have a lot of people be like, don't blow out candles. You got <laughs> got to smudge them out so for me again that's a prime example of that's his opinion blow out the candle blow your intentions you know and then there's other people who are like no now I have a couple of candles on my altar I have one that's a three wick you can't smudge that so I blow it out but I blow intentions with it so I kind of do a mixture of both so when you're reading these books if something doesn't feel right or doesn't sound right to you, then it's not right for you. That's not to say it's not right for another person. Right. So it's an, like you said, it's an interpretation. If you read a book and you're like, yeah, I don't feel good about this. Don't feel bad. Pick up another book because the next book you pick up might be exactly what you need. So that's where I think new witches, and it's kind of like the TikTok situation or the YouTube which is like you've said, there is a wonderful high priestess for the Morgan on YouTube. Um, but I've also seen a lot of witches that just I'm kind of like, really? Uh, okay. Okay. Yep. We're just doing it for the, for the monetary value. Okay, cool. And it's the same, it's the same in books. It's the same on TikTok. It's the same on YouTube, any place that you're going to try to receive any knowledge about anything, not just the craft, about anything. You're going to have opinions, a little bit of the truth, some lies. So you just have to figure it out for yourself and your ancestors will help you. I agree with that completely. I think that um, a big thing for new witches is they need to get in touch with their ancestors. I do a lot of ancestry work and your ancestors are always with you, um, you know, but I think getting in touch with your ancestors is huge because they will guide you in the right direction. They will bring to you um, what you're looking for. And you might get some other stuff along the way that you're not looking for, but you'll just have, you have to sift through it. Like you said, you know, you've got to, 
Um, is this right for me? Is this wrong for me? Uh, let me go to this. Is this right for me? Is this wrong for me? And the thing is, is you'll change. This is something I want you to kind of talk about this just a little bit. You don't have to talk about your exact belief system, but when you agree that when you're very first starting off, you're very, very first, starting, like in, in my coven, what I do is I make um, the new witches, when they very first start, they have to write down their belief system. They don't have to share it, but they have to write down their belief system, preferably in their book of shadows. And then a year and a day later, or two years later, or whatnot, they have to write their belief system and it completely changes. Do you kind of agree right. with that? Yeah, wholeheartedly. Uh, yeah, definitely. Because like I said, when I first started, I did not have a DD. I, I, I was getting messages from my ancestors, but they were very vague. Um, but, and like I said, now I was just, I have Celtic and Norse and hoodoo. So my belief system, my bottom line belief system probably hasn't changed as far as how I see the universe but my belief system on how I go about the craft has changed. So it's very, you know, like my solid belief system, I kind of see, I kind of see the world as like one big tree. Um, And that hasn't really changed. That's that's still how I feel. Like when I go to my safe space, it's a large, beautiful tree. It's dark, full moon. That's my safe space. It just always has been. And that's, just my that's probably why my belief system involves a tree but how I felt about other deities like when I first started I was like man I am solely for the Morgan that's my ride or die anything for her and now I have I have Norse gods that come to me I have hoodoos that come to me I have a family um altar and I have family coming to me I have an altar for the lord I'm just spacing for the elements and I no longer feel like I'm solely dedicated to one deity or that my practice has to be pagan because I know when I first started I was like I am a I'm a Celtic pagan period point the end that's what I am but it's not it's not. I feel like I am more of what would be considered a eclectic witch. I do a lot of kitchen witch. I do a lot of green witch. I do a lot of just hanging out with deities. I do a lot of singing to the dead, stuff like that. So I no longer feel like I can be placed in one particular box. I am I am a witch of many talents and many deities and many practices because that's going to be what probably will happen to a newbie is they'll, they'll be like, they'll glom on to one practice and that'll be what they want to practice. And then down the road, they might find out something like when my coven decided that they wanted to get more into hoodoo, I was very skeptical. I was very timid because I, again, voodoo is, is very, it's it's different than what I thought I would be practicing. But now that I am dabbling in it and not, I don't say dabbling lighthearted, but now that I'm got my foot in the water, it's not scary. Um, and I'm, and I'm enjoying it, but I still very much have my Norse and my Celtic deities coming to me. So I think for me, my soul line belief system didn't change, but my belief system on what I can do and who I can be in this magical world is very different 
Yeah. And it'll change more too. As you, as you grow, um, it'll change more. I look at my book of shadows from back when I was in my thirties and because I really didn't keep a book of shadows until about in my thirties. I mean, I used to keep journals. I have no idea where they are now, but, um, you know, my book of shadows from when I was in my thirties, I look back at my belief system back then. And, um, I still had a hard time dropping the whole Christian thing. Like, uh, I consider myself a Christian witch. Now I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole nother podcast. That's our episode of this podcast. I'm not going to get into Christian witches or anything like that. Um, because personally now I have, I have mixed feelings on the whole Christian witch thing, but I, um, that's what that's what was my belief system i was a christian witch i if i was going to be put into a box that would have been the box i was put into and since then i cannot tell you how many times it's changed i mean it's changed so much even in the last five years um it's changed i need to write a new belief system down it's just going to constantly evolve and that would be another thing that I would tell new witches is don't be afraid, like, you know, to evolve. Don't be afraid to grow. Don't be afraid to try something different. As long as you're under the correct guidance, for instance, you trying the hoodoo under the correct guidance, that's great. Don't go into it um, with, you know, with your, go into it with your eyes open and go into it with knowing, having somebody that's properly trained, train you when it comes to certain, uh, certain paths for sure. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's going to change. Everything's going to change over, you know, I guarantee you, if we do an episode, a podcast episode in five years with you, you're going to be like, well, it changed again. Your core belief system might not change, but everything else may change. These are constantly evolving and that's, that's, what's important. Um, okay. So as far as, um, as advice for new witches, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this up. So number one, we've got um, reading books, reading different books, diving into different books. They're just opinions, okay? Um, make sure that you're, you're diverse in your reading. Don't just read one book, believe what it says. Read many books, um, you know, many different opinions. You know, they're written by just people, by humans, and they're not, they're not gods that are writing these books. So many different books, many different authors explore that. Don't go out and buy a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, things will come to you. If anything, you can go to Goodwill. You can go to the other thrift stores. You can go to the dollar store. You can go wherever to get little things that you need, candles, whatnot. Those are the type of things you're going to need. You don't need wands. You don't need athletes. You don't need bowlings. You don't need a cauldron. You don't need any of that stuff when you're first starting out. Although it's fun to get, you don't need it. Um you know, what else would you, would you think would be a good, uh, good advice for a newbie witch? Uh, yeah, I generally don't go broke at first, because like you said, you're not going to need everything. I could probably tell you how many times I've used either of my cauldrons on one hand. So candles are important, but again, dollar store candles work just as well. If you get the tall, like, uh, they almost look like Catholic candles, but they come in different colors. You can write stuff on them with Sharpie. So again, it doesn't, it doesn't have to come pre-designed for anything. You can always add your own touches to stuff. Right. Um, it's your intention that, that, yeah. 
that counts. And that's what you have to remember in magic. You know, magic is simply the manipulation of energy to get a desired result and something you want to manifest. You don't have to have all the whistles and bells and to, to do that. You just need to have right. that intention. And that's your most important thing. Right. I think, I think the best advice, if someone was coming to me, they're like, I want to be a witch. The best advice I could probably give them is, okay, well, just like every other religion, we got the good, the bad, the ugly. So be prepared because you, for me, there was two, there was two covens in my area. One was ran by a man and had mostly male members. So I'm not anti-men in magic. Um, and then the other one was, had a high priestess and I called the high priestess one. Again, I'm not anti-man in a coven at all. I am currently a coven of open sexuality. But for me personally, I did not want to be mentored by a man. I, I just didn't want to do that. So as a new witch, the best advice I could give you is decide what makes you feel comfortable don't ever take yourself out of your comfort zone thinking that it's what's supposed to happen because if you're not comfortable your intentions are not going to be clear you could possibly have some backlash and things just you know and not everybody in the craft is out for good intentions so as a new witch don't buy bells and whistles don't buy all the bells and whistles listen to your gut you know male or female listen to your gut or if you're asexual or whatever whatever it is listen to that gut because a lot of times people don't and that's how they end up in situations they don't want to be don't run out and spend an entire paycheck thinking that it's going to make the deities or the gods or whatever you're trying to work with see you or anything like that because like I said, I have like I have little bones that I got a pack of them from the dollar store decorating my hoodoo side of my thing. They're like little glittery things. The deities, like yeah, you know, it's not my favorite thing. But if you want to add it, I'm not going to say no. So you can, you can be very creative and have beautiful altars and have beautiful things on a budget, and enjoy yourself when you decide to join the craft it's a very different awakening because in a, in a regular religion you would go see the priest or the 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 rabbi or whatever and they would give you a list of things you have to do and you will do all these things then you will have a christening of some sort and then you're in the religion and that's just it you know you know there's no more anything but in the craft it's not the case. You are constantly learning and evolving. I agree That's with that. Day. I agree with that completely. Yeah, you're constantly, constantly learning. There's always something you don't know. Um, you're always evolving into something better. And um, yeah, so just keep that in mind. You know, when you're first starting out, uh, like uh, Danae said, you know, if you want to have a mentor, seek out, a, seek out a coven that's comfortable. Don't join a coven just because that's the only one there. Don't join one because um, that's the thing to do. Join it if you feel comfortable, if you feel comfortable with the high priest or priestess. And, and you know, also keep in mind that once you join a coven, you don't have to stay with that. If that for whatever reason, that coven makes you uncomfortable at any point or, um, 
or you don't agree necessarily with, you know, with what they're teaching them, you know, there's nothing set in stone where you can't leave that coven, you know, and find another, but you need to be comfortable where you're at. You need to be comfortable in your own skin. You need to do a lot of research, uh, make your altars on a budget, like Danae mentioned, you know, um, things like that. There's, I just can't reiterate, you know, over and over again, you need to really research. You need to you need to get your fingers on as many books as you can. You need to remember that they are written by people. They're all different uh, styles, all different opinions. But that's one of the reasons why you need to read, uh, you know, diverse uh, books, amount of books, is because you want to have all those opinions. You want to figure out what's going on. But anyway, um, okay, so we're going to close this episode up. And I want to thank Danae so much for being a part of it. And, um, you know, thank you all for listening. And Danae, you want to say anything else before we go? Nope. This was a lovely, lovely podcast. I would do it again anytime. Uh, to the new witches, good luck. Welcome. You know, enjoy yourself. And that's about it. Well, we'll have you back and we'll discuss the Morgan. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> okay. Well, everyone have a good night and thank you for listening.